The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go Beyond Reality. Good evening, good morning, it's Beyond Reality Radio. I'm J.V. Johnson, and welcome to the program tonight, or this morning, depending on where you are. Uh, We've got a really good show for you tonight. Uh, Carissa Hartley is a psychic medium and a tarot card reader, among other things, a paranormal investigator, and she'll be joining us to talk about her work in all of those categories. Um, Just some programming notes. Tomorrow night is Friday night slash Saturday morning, depending on where you are. And, of course, every Friday night we have a best of program on the show. And then Monday night, Steve Ubaney will be the guest on the program. And Tuesday, R.L., just the initials, R.L., is an author. But we're going to be talking about his book, The Leeds Galman Codex. Now, if anybody is familiar with that name, Leeds Kalman, you'll know that he that's the last name of the gentleman. I believe he was Latvian, maybe he was Lithuanian. One of the Baltic states, I think it was Latvian, um, who moved to Florida after having his heart broken and built a monument to the woman who he was madly in love with. That monument is known as Coral Castle, and it defies logic and physics, and the mystery of how it was built remains today. So uh, R.L.'s book is called The Leeds Kelnan Codex, Breakthroughs in Understanding the Coral Castle. So we'll be able to... Um, uh, dig, dig deep into that story with uh, our guest. That's Tuesday night. And then uh, Wednesday, Paul Selig will be with us. He's an author, and we'll be talking about The Book of Freedom, which is the third book in the Mastery Trilogy. This book shows readers how to find full expression as the divine self through surrender and acquiescence to the true nature of their being. Ooh, okay, so... That'll be Thursday night, or excuse me, Wednesday night's program uh, next week. So as you can see, a lot of great stuff coming up. Um, I need to mention something, though, because, uh, what was it, Tuesday, Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning? Two shows ago, we had uh, Eddie Current on the program, and we were talking about the um, conspiracies related to the World Trade Center buildings that collapsed, obviously the two towers and then seven World Trade Center. Those buildings collapsed after the terrorist attacks of 9-11. Of course, that was, gosh, 18 years ago almost. Um, it's hard to believe that, but it was. Um, you know, we had, I mean, I, I haven't seen so much hate mail uh, come in since, I don't think I've ever seen it. I mean, this is the this is the first time we've gotten this volume of hate mail. And the thing is, uh, you know, when the program started, I cautioned everyone that this would be a very emotional discussion. Um, but we don't, we don't shy away from emotional discussions. We think that all things should be discussed and let people make up their own minds. But the thing that was most disturbing about the hate mail that came in after that program was most of the mail, in fact, I'd say 99% of the hate mail and the hate posts on social media were criticizing the program for uh, talking about um, these conspiracies. But, the, but, but what they, the, these folks failed to understand is that we weren't talking about the conspiracies. We were dispelling the conspiracies. Our guest, Eddie Current, looked at these conspiracy theories, and he dispels them with logic and science. That's what the program was about. So it was actually that all that hate mail should have been fan mail for what we were doing because we were doing exactly what you folks 
we're talking about dispelling these conspiracy theories. So if you'd bothered to listen to the program before you criticized, we would have known that. It's kind of important. Now, I will say something that um, I don't subscribe to those theories personally. I don't think anybody is evil enough to intentionally, for profit or otherwise, or or some kind of political gain, to cause the deaths of nearly 3,000 of their fellow Americans. I don't believe that. I can't. I think that would would shake my foundation. I think the only people that would... uh, do something that evil are the ones that did it, the terrorists that did it. Those folks have demonstrated how evil they can be. And, um, you know, so I don't believe those theories. However, we'll say this. If someone had some real evidence or discussion about those theories and wanted to come on this program and talk about it, I would welcome them too because I think it's important to keep an open open mind. I don't have to agree with them. I don't have to agree with them at all, but I do think it's important to keep an open mind. And as we've always said on this program, we allow people to speak their mind and let other folks make up their own minds. So anyway, I just, you know, my, the, the moral of this particular story is that if you're going to criticize something, know what you're criticizing first, because all those folks who are, who are beating up the program because we were talking about a conspiracy theory for the 9-11 attacks, that's not what we were doing. We were actually dispelling those theories. So... Whatever you guys, uh, you guys figured out. A um, couple appearances coming up that I want to mention. Uh, let's see here. Cincinnati Horror Hound Weekend is coming up March fifteenth through the seventeenth. I am going to be there. That's pretty exciting. Um, New Jersey Horror Con in Atlantic City is March 29th through the thirty first. I will be there. And then uh, Seattle Crypticon is coming up May third through the fifth um, at the Double Tree uh, in Tacoma. I think it is or SeaTac. I don't know. I've been there before, but um, it's May 3rd through the 5th, and I will be there as well. So I'm excited to see my Seattle friends. Um, If you haven't gone to the website recently, you need to because we have the Beyond Reality Radio coffee mug, which even though mine happens to be full of pens right now, I'm going to hold it up for our YouTube viewers. Um, This is a great little mug. has the Beyond Reality Radio logo on it. It's great for coffee, hot chocolate, tea, or use for pens either way. Makes a great gift as well. You can order it right on the website, beyondrealityradio.com. And while you're on the internet doing that, stop by Facebook and give my page a like. It's JV Johnson on Facebook. And also go to YouTube and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Man, we got a, you know, we've had a nice push. We're, we're close to our mark of 1,000 subscribers. Uh, it's just JV Johnson on, on YouTube. Or if you need the full URL, it's youtube.com slash the letter C slash J.V. Johnson. A lot of great videos there, including videos that relate to this program. Uh, There's an archive of something like 310 programs on there. So you can check all that out. Also, the apps are available for your smartphone on uh, iPhone or Android phones. Just go to your uh, app store. Make sure you download the Beyond Reality Radio mobile app. I believe there's another app that is uh, available with Beyond Reality Radio um, name, but that's not the one. It's Beyond Reality Radio Mobile. What are we going to give away, Slick? (laughs) Slick wants to give something away when we get to 1,000 YouTube subscribers. Yeah, I'll have to think about that. We actually have a ton of stuff here. We can give away some books or something. We were supposed to give away DVDs when we had, uh, I think it was John Potash on the program. Um, His his, uh, documentary, which was, 
I'm trying to remember the title of it. I think it was um, the CIA using drugs as weapons against us, something like that. And he gave us a couple of um, DVDs to give away. We didn't get a chance to do that, so we still have those. But we'll give away something. When we hit 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, we'll give away something. Again, the channel is JV Johnson there. All right, so let's see here. We have a lot to talk about with our guest, Carissa Hartley, a psychic medium, a paranormal investigator, and that's all ahead. We'll take a break first. We'll come back. It's Beyond Reality Radio. I'm JV Johnson. Did you know that online retailers like Amazon have constant deals that can save you money on the things you buy every day? It's no joke. Save 40%, 50%, even 80% on great products. And all you have to do is know about them. Noodle Shark is the way to be alerted when something good is coming your way. Noodle Shark is the social media page that lists great deals that not only save you money, but give you the deals before anyone else has them. All you have to do is find Noodle Shark on Facebook. Search it as The Noodle Shark. That's The Noodle Shark. Because you deserve to save too. Become a Shark and save. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back to the show. It's Beyond Reality Radio. I'm J.V. Johnson. Thanks again for being here with me tonight. Great show ahead of us. Our guest tonight, Carissa Hartley, is a psychic medium and also a paranormal investigator, a tarot card reader, and much more. We're excited to have her on the program. Carissa, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. Thank you for having me. So uh, this is your first time on the program, I think, right? You haven't been here before. Yep. This is my first time. Well, let's learn a little bit about you then. Um, first of all, how long have you been aware of your sensitivities and been doing this work? Um, well, I've been aware of it ever since I was a little kid, um, which sounds weird, but I've always been able to connect to the dead. Um, you know, I grew up in a really strict Roman Catholic family, so I wasn't really told that it wasn't normal um, what I could do. They really just didn't talk about it. Uh, so my first um, one of my first childhood memories is going to school and trying to make friends because I was an outcast. Um, and by telling them that I can talk to dead people and introducing them to my dead friends, it didn't go over well with my peers, as you can imagine. Um, so that's when my mother had to talk with me that not everyone can do what I can do. Um, and after that, I kind of hit it and I didn't really, I didn't really talk about it to anyone. Um, I went my entire, uh, teenage years and early adult years just not discussing what I can do and hiding who I was um, until I actually had a stroke. I passed away and I came back, um, and that's when I decided to kind of just start living my life for me, um, and that's when I decided to drop out of school, uh, get divorced, and travel the country 24-7 for three years, um, kind of discussing the paranormal and investigating the strange and taboo. <laughs> wow. Um, I have so many questions based off of what you just said to me. Um, so let's try to break this down a little bit. First of all, when you were a child and you had these sensitivities and you were kind of interacting with your friends, demonstrating them, which I, I guess was was a little awkward for you and your friends, um, and your mother uh, said uh, told you that not everybody was like this. Is your Was your mother sensitive as well? Yeah, it actually really runs in my family. Um, most of the females have psychic and mediumship abilities, but they don't discuss them. They are mostly scared of them. I seem to be the only one that's intrigued by them and kind of driven towards them. 
So, so you hid this ability for a while. While you were hiding it, did you were you able to turn it off, or were you still no. having this communication? You just either ignored it or just didn't talk about it. I was still having the communication. It was actually a really weird complex. Um, you know, I was your normal teenager going to parties and having tons of friends and into sports. But on the side, I was keeping what I would call the dead journal, where I would write down people that would visit me and how they died. Oh, wow. Um, so then you said you had a stroke. Now, I'm assuming that um, you were kind of young and uh, when you had this stroke. Was. Um, I was in college, and I was about to finish up. I was in finals, um, and that's when it kind of went black. <laughs> um, and from there, I saw the other side. I don't really talk about it too often because it's still a touchy subject for me. I get really emotional. Um, I will say that it's beautiful and that I saw all my cross loved ones and they pretty much told me it wasn't my time and I still had life to live. I and can... that's when I decided to live my life. <laughs> yeah, no, I can understand um, that you would uh, be hesitant to talk about it because it would be very emotional, but I'm hoping because you're on the show tonight, you're willing to. Yeah. Um, so you're going to have to kind of break this down as best you can without it bothering you uh, as to what happened. Um, because, again, having a stroke at that age is rather unusual. How long were you gone from us? And uh, do you, what bits can you remember from what you saw on the other side? Yeah, um, I don't really know a time frame because I was not at the hospital when it happened. Um, I was in the middle of school. I've been told that I was unconscious for about five minutes. Um, now... When I was there, it was black at first, um, and then I started hearing my loved one's voices coming through, and I, I could tell that there was, like, a light, so I started going towards that, and I was transported to this magical beach, for lack of better terms, and the sand was, like, this blackish color, um, and the sky was this purplish color, and I say blackish and purplish very loosely because the colors are so much more intense there. Um, that is the only best way I can describe those colors. You said and, that, yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I just remember talking with them and them telling me that it's just not my time and to go back and I still have life to live. Um, and it was just this surreal experience. Um, it really yeah, was because, well, you know, even though I was raised with these um, abilities and raised with a strong background in religion, I didn't necessarily believe in the other side. I didn't believe in the concept of heaven or seeing your loved ones again. When you saw your loved ones, your deceased loved ones during this experience, were you able to touch them? Did you have a physical sense that they were with you or was it just sight and, and um, hearing, and hearing them sense. talk? I'm sorry. It was a physical sense. It was a physical yeah. sense. Um, I could sense them. I could smell them. I could taste them. It was the most extreme experience that I think I've ever had and the most vivid experience that I think I've ever had. And it's something that will forever stay with me. I mean, uh, did you, were you able to hug them? Um, no. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was not able to come that close. It yeah. was kind of like they had their hands up, mm -hmm. but I was still there. It was like a weird barrier, if that makes sense. Like, and it was like almost blocking me from fully entering to the other side. Mm -hmm. Once you came back from that experience and you woke up, um, you s decided you were going to live your life to its fullest. Did it change the way your sensitivities felt to you? Did it change your the way you were able to connect? Did, did you have any differences in that part of your, your being? 
yeah, um, it was almost like I just couldn't pretend not to be psychic anymore. Um, it was too intense and too strong, especially for the first year afterwards. It was like I was just electricity running through my body at all times. That's the best way I can describe that feeling. And I just knew when spirits and energy were around me to the extreme, like I would get sick. And it took a little bit to get over that. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it would. We have about 30 seconds here and we have to go to break again. Um, so you, uh, you you woke from this experience. You decided you were going to change your life. You mentioned something about a divorce and then traveling the country yeah. uh, and, and searching for answers. Yeah. Um, I was in a very abusive, loveless relationship marriage. Um and I was just miserable, even though on the surface everything looked perfect. It really wasn't. And that's when I just decided life is too short to waste it. Yeah, I can I can certainly understand that. We were talking about how uh, these sensitivities developed in you, with you, for you. Um, you said you had them and you recognized them as a child. Do you think you were born with them? I do. Um, actually, a really creepy story about how I got my name is my mother had a dream um, before she knew she was pregnant, and in the dream, there was a girl dressed in all black with blonde hair and blue eyes, and she said, what's your name? And I answered, Mom, it's me, Carissa, um, and I actually spelled it out for her, so that's how I got my name. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, were you afraid? I mean, you know, any, any child uh, who is experiencing things that other children around them aren't tends to feel a little awkward about that. Did, did it frighten you at any point? It definitely did, um, especially when I was younger, before I fully understood what was going on. Um, but I'm lucky in the fact that once I really opened up to my mom, that she was a good pillar of strength and support. So I didn't feel like I was going crazy. You know, um, she just was there to talk to me and vent to me, which isn't bad for a strict Roman Catholic. Um, and it was really helpful. About it, what age was that when you had that conversation with your mom? Probably around five to seven. Mm-hmm. Um, it started pretty young. So as these uh, deceased individuals would come to you, would it be only people you knew? Would it be just random? And how did they, communi- how did they communicate you with you when you were that young? How, what was the type of communication you were getting? It was random. Um, and a lot of the times it would be visual. The younger I was, the more visual it was. And the more like in my face it was, um, usually at night. And usually when I was alone, of course, um, but it was a lot of visual, which I wish I still saw stuff visually as yeah. often as I did back then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've all, most of us anyway, have seen the movie Sixth Sense and, uh, you know, that one's a scary movie. Is that the type of things you would see or would you see people in a more peaceful state? You know, as a kid, it felt that way for sure. Um, right. And I think that's because I was a kid and because it was so scary as a kid, Um you know, I'm pretty sure that it wasn't, they were probably more peaceful than that, but that's how it feels were they trying, when you're that young. <laughs> were they trying to talk to you specifically, or were they trying to, they recognized that you could hear them, therefore they were just trying to talk to somebody who could hear them to get messages through? I think they were just trying to talk to someone that could hear them. And did you talk back to them? I did. <laughs> I would have, like, in-depth conversations with them, and then I would go and tell my mom about it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, did you ever get messages from any of these folks where they say, please contact so-and-so and let them know, you know, I'm fine, or whatever the message might be? Did, did they get that specific well, with you? A lot of times that would happen for my mom. Um, like, her dead friends and her dead family members that I had never met would come through to me and tell me to communicate with her and tell her things. So 
So I would always be sitting there just telling her stuff that they would say, which is one of the reasons she started really listening to me and what I was doing. Yeah. Because I knew things that there's no way I should have known. Right, right. And when you when you tried to repress or suppress this, um, you know, during your teenage years before you had the near death experience, um, how did how successful were you at keeping those voices at bay? Not very successful. Um, you know, it was very hard for me to live. It felt like I was living two lives. Um, you know, I was trying to be this popular kid, and then also trying to talk to deceased people because I never shut them off. I just shut it off from the world, but I never stopped communicating with those that had passed on. Okay, so you were, yeah, you were still maintaining. You weren't trying to turn it off. You just weren't talking about it to anybody else. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, then you had the near death experience again. Which uh, do you think that was? I don't want to say intentional. I mean, you know, this is a hard thing to describe. But do you think that was purposeful? in making in an effort by some higher power to make you recognize your gifts and the fact that you should be using them? I really do. Um, not just for my abilities, but I mean, it really set me on this path of fulfillment and enlightenment and finding my soulmate and my now husband. Um, if it wasn't for that, I don't even know where I would be today. Um from what I understand, you had a second near-death experience. Was that related to the first one, or was that a completely different incident? It was a completely different experience, but it happened literally a month after the first one. Really? I was in a really major car accident, and that's when I was just like, yeah, my entire life is, this is all signs pointing towards me to just live for me. Yeah. Um, share with us the details of that. Was, was the experience the same? Did you see the same things on the other side? Did you have the same experience? I didn't. Um, it was actually just like darkness, but I don't think I died in that one. Um, it was just a pretty close call. I'm lucky to have come out of that with a few scratches. Um, I was in my car and I was driving and I stopped at a stop sign. I looked both ways. Um, there was a car coming, but I it was far enough for me to go. So I went um, and I didn't know that they were going, I think they said 75 and at oh, 25 wow. miles per hour. Oh, wow. So they my car. Um, and I spiraled into a telephone pole that caused my car to catch fire. Wow. Um, you know, that's that's the most frightening kind of accident because you have absolutely no control over that. You're relying on the other drivers on the road to be following the rules. And, um, man, that, that is scary. In that first near-death experience you had with the stroke, did you did your heart actually stop? Were you actually clinically dead? I don't have proof of that, so mm-hmm. I don't claim that but yes i i believe i did but the second one you weren't no that was just a near death and that was again another sign for me to kind of just follow what i wanted to do so at that time i was thinking about it but i hadn't mm-hmm. quite figured out how to do it um after that i was just like yep i'm doing this so when you when you communicate with the deceased Let's say um, you're doing it for a client, somebody who's asking you to reach a certain person. Walk us through how that happens for you. Um, Yeah, well, I don't really ask people who they want me to reach. I just kind of open up the door and I talk um, to the loved ones that are there. Um, I have about a 10 out of 10 success rate of reaching the people that they want to reach. I am a medical medium, so what that means is that I pick up the health elements of how a person died before I pick up anything else. Um, and I actually feel it within my own body. So if someone got shot in the head, I feel that. 
Um, and I can tell you what side it was. If someone had a heart attack, I feel that, and I can tell you exactly how it happened. Um, for example, I had someone that was crushed by a red car. I saw a flash of red and felt like I was being crushed. Um, and that usually starts it out, um, and it comes in handy for people that are missing or people that are confused on to how their loved ones passed. Um, and then it kind of goes from there into memories of them and memories that they shared mm-hmm. with that person, um, their relationship to that person, and everything in between. So when you say, you, you, you used a word there that I need to ask you about. You said uh, people that are missing. Does that mean like uh, people who have loved ones that they don't know where they are and they could yeah. be dead? Yes. And have you had experiences where you've been able to connect with those people and actually help help them, uh, help the family locate them? I have, um, and I'm actually working a few active missing people's cases as well. You are. Do you work with law enforcement on that, or is that something you do as like a private uh, consultant? I do it um, as a private consultant unless I'm asked to by law enforcement. I don't do anything unless I'm asked by the families or law Um but the one that I'm working right now is just by the family's request. The police have just no leads. What do you need to be able to do that? Um, you know, I, I actually uh, know somebody who has been missing for quite some time. And I think you're, are you in the Seattle area by any chance? Um, I used to be. Used to I be, traveled okay. a lot. I'm like a gypsy. I'm in New York now. Oh, okay. I remember seeing Seattle because uh, you were on Seattle Fox News at one point. I think that's what yeah. I saw, which made me think you were there. Um it's, it's, there's a missing person in the Seattle area um, that um, is is a particularly sad case. Um, when do you need to? What do you need to be able to kind of connect to a person no. like that? Do you need the family? Like, do you need some like some? I, I, can you just do it at will, or do you need some connection to the family? Or how does that work? Some connection to the family or someone close to them usually helps. Um, me figure that out. Now, I don't charge for missing people's cases because I just don't believe in doing that. Mm-hmm. They do that for free. Well, that's really nice that you do that because um, obviously those families are, are heartbroken in every case and, uh, you know, distraught and those emotions run high. So that is very, very kind of you. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Uh, what have you found when you work with law enforcement? Do you find that law enforcement is skeptical of the type of work you do or do you th- are they starting to embrace it more? I think it's starting to be embraced more, but I think it's still skeptical. It really depends on what um, city and county that you're in. Yeah, I guess it would depend on the law enforcement agency and or the individual law enforcement official uh, as to how it was received. Um, I find more and more that law enforcement are using non-traditional methods to help solve cases that haven't been solved, like missing person cases. Uh, do, do you think we're going to see a day where it will be it'll be an accepted and, and actually welcome and maybe even common form of uh, or a technique to be able to uh, help solve some of these crimes or missing person cases? I hope so, because there's a lot of talented mediums out there not in including myself, that are willing to help and willing to give our time and resources to help. I wanted to talk about the differences between uh, some of those that have passed over. Um, Some die peacefully or maybe from an illness, but it's prolonged. And then some die tragically or instantly in a car accident or something that's uh, very, very unexpected and instantly in many cases. Um, Is there any difference when you contact uh, folks on the other side in terms of how they passed away, do you get different types of contact or do you get different types of emotions from those folks? Um, 
it is different types of contact just because of the different levels of pain that I feel, which I know sounds strange, but I literally feel every single ounce of their pain and within my own body, uh, which is actually something that just started recently within the last two years. Um, so if someone died from a tragic accident that really hurt, um, it does hurt. <laughs> um, whereas if someone died peacefully in their sleep, that's a different energy and a different vibe that comes through, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Do you ever get people um, from the other side contacting you or communicating with you and they're not aware that they've passed on because they may have died tragically or quickly and instantly or unexpectedly? Usually when I do readings, um, private readings, they're usually people that have crossed on. And um, now I have experienced um, stuck individuals when I do my paranormal investigating. Um, I actually used to move into locations for months at a time and document them 24-7. I'm sorry, you document them 24-7? Yeah, I used to move into locations, um, paranormal haunted locations, for months at a time and document it 24-7. So that's when I feel the energy of those that are stuck. And it's a whole different energy vibration that they give off. Yeah. Do they? Do you ever get communication from someone who might be afraid on the other side? No. So once somebody, once people pass over, um, they're aware of it and they don't fear. Based on yeah, your the experience, ones that are on the other side um, that have crossed on, it's an awareness. Um, now I do deal with different levels, um, like. For example, if you just lost someone and they just crossed on, they're still going through that transformation phase, so they might not be crystal clear connection, but they're still there, and it's still a peaceful energy coming off of them. I also find that in a lot of the instances, um, if a person was very abusive in their life or very toxic, if they have gone into the light and they are on the other side, they usually come back saying sorry for everything that they've done, which I think is pretty beautiful, too. Yeah, that's quite an quite an experience. Um, we only have a couple minutes left in this segment, and in the next hour we'll take questions. We're not doing reading tonight, but we will be taking some questions. Um, so I don't want to get into too much more detail uh, about this stuff because it requires more time. But I want to ask you, if somebody has lost a loved one and they feel the need to, or they desire, not necessarily a need, I mean, everybody wants some type of uh, resolution, and people would love to communicate with those they've lost. But if they have the desire to do that, what's the best way? Um, Obviously, you're available to do that, and people can contact you through your website, but just how do you recommend people get started in that process? Number one, just start talking to them. Your loved ones are always listening to you, and they're always aware of what you're saying or what you're doing. Um, You know, I recommend to people, if you want to see your loved ones in a dream, because there's a lot of people out there that are like, why don't I ever dream of my loved ones? Ask them to show themselves to you and ask them to visit you. You know, they are listening to you and they are around you. They never leave your side. Are there signs that everyone can um, pick up that their loved ones are near them? There is. Um, they're different for every loved one that comes through. However, some of the more common ones are signs through animals, signs through numbers, um, stuff like that. You know, like seeing a lot of change or seeing feathers. Um, even just hearing a song that reminds you of that person can be that person trying to come through. Do you say a song? Yes. Like, so, I, you know, I know uh, people talk about experiences where they, they get in the car and they turn on the radio and, um, you know, the song that they... Um, shared a love of with their 
father or their mother or one, or something like that comes on at a time just when they're thinking about them. Is that the type of thing you're talking about? Yes, exact type of thing I'm talking about. Mm, that's powerful stuff. Um, your website is psychiccarissahartley.com. We're going to go to break here in about uh, 50 seconds. Uh, tell people what they can find on the website, and then when we come back from break, we'll continue our conversation. Yeah, sure. Um, you can find more information on my readings, um, the services that I do offer, testimonials from people that have had readings with me, um, my paranormal work, and everything else, and my social media links to contact me, and all the good stuff. <laughs> All the good stuff. And it was is, is it an email link, I believe? Yeah, there's an email link, too. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, so again, the website is Psychic Carissa Hartley. Carissa is spelled with a K, K-A-R-I-S-S-A. Um, check out the website. We're going to continue our conversation with Carissa on the other side of the break. Also, we will open the phone lines to your questions at 844-687-7669. We're not doing readings tonight, but if you have a question, Carissa would be happy to to answer it again 844-687-7669 it's beyond reality radio we've got a lot more to come please support the program go to patreon.com slash joha that's j-o-h-a-w thank you for joining the program tonight and i would be remiss if i didn't thank all the radio stations around the country that have become affiliates of Beyond Reality Radio. That list grows longer all of the time, and we appreciate every single one of them. And we hope you get a chance to let them know that you, too, appreciate uh, them carrying the program and allowing you to listen live on traditional radio. Uh, It's a great way, especially if you're driving around. It's a really terrific way to listen to the show. So thank you to all those stations. Um, If you're downloading the show as a a podcast or in some other form, uh, try to listen to us live sometime. That way you can be part of the call-in discussion and the live experience. But if you can't do that, just keep downloading it. Those numbers are great, too. They help us move the show forward. Great show tonight. Carissa Hartley, psychic medium, paranormal investigator, is our guest. We'll be continuing that conversation in just a few moments. Tomorrow night is a best-of program here on Beyond Reality Radio, as each Friday night is. And then Monday, we'll be back with Steve Ubaney. Um, Slick hasn't filled in the topic yet, so I'm not sure. That's a mystery discussion, a mysterious talk ahead on monday night tuesday rl just the initials rl rl is an author and we'll be talking about his book called the lead scalnan codex breakthroughs and understanding the coral castle leeds kalnan is the the last name of the gentleman who built coral castle and it's been a mystery as to how he did it he was a small man very petite and some of those stones were put in place uh they're multi-ton stones so Uh, There's a lot of intrigue and mystery about this particular location, and we're going to be talking about that with R.L. on Tuesday night. Wednesday, Paul Selig, who is an author, will be here to talk about his book called The Book of Freedom. It's the third book in the Mastery Trilogy, and this book shows readers how to find full expression as the divine self through surrender and acquiescence to, to the true nature of their being. That is Wednesday night next week. So we've got a great week of programs coming up for you uh, next week. Don't forget to visit several social media places for us. Go to the Beyond Reality Radio Facebook page. Give that a like. Stop by my personal Facebook page, JV Johnson. Give that a like. And go to the YouTube page, youtube.com slash C, the letter C, slash JV Johnson. Subscribe for me. We're on a mad dash to 1,000 subscribers. We started this thing just a little while ago. It's going really well. There's a lot of great stuff there. Just give it a subscribe. That helps us out. Let's talk a little bit about your paranormal investigating before we get back into the other stuff. What type of uh, investigating have you done? 
Um, well, I've been all over the country um, investigating the paranormal, and like I said, I've actually moved into people's houses um, for extended periods of time to document the hauntings there. Uh, so it's safe to say I haven't been to the most friendly hauntings because uh, usually I was a last resort for that. Um, my favorite case that I've done was in Seattle, which is actually why I was on the Fox News Seattle. Um, and it was actually a house featured on Ghost Adventures, Demons in Seattle, uh, that they called a hoax. Uh, so I went out there and I worked with another person on my team and with uh, scientists from the U.K., and we documented evidence that went viral worldwide and helped the homeowner out. Oh, wow. Um, one of our chat room uh chatters asked if you've ever been to Gettysburg and I'm not sure if you've been but I saw on your website that you're going yes I have been to Gettysburg numerous times um my husband's from Maryland so we would visit all the time when we lived out that way and I will be there June 8th with my husband uh Bill Hartley from Ghost of Shepherdstown and the Ghost Brothers terrific okay so we've talked kind of hit on this a little bit um but in addition to contacting deceased people you also have the ability to contact deceased animals or pets, right? Yes, I have um, in the past connected to people's dead pets. Is, is that a different process? Not really. Um, it's kind of just, if they're there, they're there. I mm-hmm. don't search for them. I, I really don't search for people or pets. I just let whoever's there come through for them. I see. Let's jump to our listener line. We've got some phone calls. By the way, if you want to join the discussion, it's 844-687-7669. This is Jackie. Jackie has a question. Welcome to the program, Jackie. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. What's on your mind? Hi. I was wondering if um, if, uh, my father passed away over in Australia and he was sent back in a nail coffin that was refused to be open. Is that something that you would ever be able to, um, is that something that you've had any opportunity in trying to, to reach someone like that? Um, I'm sorry, you broke up really bad towards the end of that. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, the casket was nailed shut from, from Australia. It was never opened. They refused to open it when, when his body was here. Jackie, you're saying that uh, that was a nailed shut coffin and it was never opened? And you're asking, yes. you're asking Carissa if uh, that presents a problem for her to be able to communicate? Right. Or the distance. And a distance. I, I would imagine no. it doesn't matter, you know, where they're interred. But um, go ahead, go ahead, Carissa. Yeah, no, I read for people um, across this country and across other countries, um, so that wouldn't make a difference, and it wouldn't change the level of contact. Great. So I just go to that that uh, email that you gave out, right? The, yeah. The, the easiest thing for you to do is go to Carissa's website, which is psychic. CarissaHartley.com. Do you have another way, uh, Carissa, that you'd like um, Jackie to contact you? That's probably the easiest way. And then you can just go into the contact me um, and fill out that form, and that will send directly to my email. Okay. Thank you very much. I'll do that. Thank you, Jackie. I hope that helps. Once again, the number is 844-687-7669. But uh, Jackie's question kind of brings up a good one. Does it matter where someone is buried or interred or cremated or any of those things, the disposition of someone's physical remains after the death? Does that affect how you can uh, communicate with them? No. Um, I read for people across, like I said, this country and other countries. I have clients in Australia, Canada, 
France, Germany, Ireland. Um, all that matters is that they are on the other side and willing to communicate. And so distance isn't a problem where the disposition no. of their physical remains is not a problem. None of that nope. stands in the way. I guess once you pass to the other side, none of that would matter, right? No, and I don't have to be around a person to pick up their energy. Yeah. All right, let's take another call. This is TJ. TJ is calling from Rhode Island. Hey, TJ, welcome to the show. Thank you. We have a nice day here, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I have a two-part question here. One is, why is it when people such as myself will call in and speak to psychics or mediums that while some people get those very definitive marker responses that indicate something genuine is taking place, and they're very satisfied, I've gotten, and JV will tell you because I've called before, I've gotten responses, some of which are contradictory depending on the psychic, uh, some that are just the usual, I will call it that airy, fairy, generalized type of response that that you can get. And again, these are people who, who actually do seem to connect with some people, obviously not one of them. And the second part is, why is it that some psychics will start off with a reading with, like, I'm getting a J, an M for a name, an X, a Y, a Z, but they never get a name, but it seems that they, despite the fact that communication from the other side is limited, will later in the same very reading go, yes, Spirit is telling me, yes, look under the box, and they're screaming full sentences later at people. That's well, a, yeah, that's a great, great question, TJ. Great question. <laughs> it is a great question. Um, number one, um, I'm going to answer the second part of that first, if you don't mind, because right I like ahead. the second part of your question. There is a lot of readers out there that are cold readers, and that means that they will give you that bait that you need to be like, oh, yeah, that's my Uncle Jim, or that's my Uncle John, or, you know, and that type of thing. Um, I don't believe in doing that. I actually really am not good at names, but I do get names that they're screamed at me, which has happened a few times with murder victims. <laughs> I know that sounds really weird. Um, so you can hear names. I mean, they can actually murder- scream a name at you, though. Okay, all right. had full names screamed at me before. Um, I really am not good with names, either living or dead, but I don't sit there and say, this person with a K name wants to step through. Um, I believe that's just baiting, and that's what a lot of cold readers use as a tactic to get um, your responses and see if they can steal more information from you. Now, as to why you might not be getting accurate readings from accurate readers, it might be because your walls are too high. Um, Usually when your walls are up high, it's a little bit harder to get in as an energy reader. Does that make sense? All right. Yeah, I do. But I've also heard people, and not to keep you too long, because I know people are in the queue, and and JV uh, will tell you I try and be respectful and not be a phone pig. But there are people, though, who are, if if not as respectfully skeptical as I can be, even more hard-headed, and they seem to get more of a response. TJ, if I remember correctly, didn't you lose your mom not too long ago? Yep, that was it. And I usually keep that on the the down low just yeah. because I try not to provide any more information than possible because I'm looking right. for that very definitive. I mean, you know, for example, if someone, this is not it, please bear that in mind. It's like if someone said, oh, I keep getting, they keep calling you schmoopy or whatever, you know, from the old Seinfeld thing. Or this, something that only the person I would be looking to connect with would know. And it does happen to other people who've called in at some of your readers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you recommend, Carissa, for TJ to do to, as far as keep to keep trying and find somebody that it can actually break through whatever those barriers are? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a process. Psychics are kind of like shoes. Not every size shoe is going to fit you. Um, it's really about finding the right one for you and your needs. I think it's really good that you don't give readers any information. I think that that is making sure that when you find that one genuine reader that connects to your energy and connects on your wavelength, that you are going to get those answers and that information that you need. Um I read for skeptics all the time, and I actually love reading for skeptics because they keep me on my toes. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's why. And like I said, there are people even more hard-headed and skeptic, skeptical oh. rather than I am, and they seem to get better results than I do. And I have to admit, I'm a full-fledged materialist, you know, biochemical existence type guy. TJ, I love yeah. I love your approach to all this. Um, we've got I it, we've too. yeah we've got to move on. But thank you so much for your phone call. Keep calling because I, I I want to follow your progress as you continue your quest. Let's squeeze one more call in here before we have to go to our bottom of the hour break. This is John. John's in Pennsylvania. Hi, John. Welcome to the show. Hi, hi. Hey, Chris. I got a question. Uh, have you ever encountered uh, what's been referred to as walk-in souls, or or what are your thoughts on that? I have actually encountered that in one of my recent readings, and it was actually pretty interesting. Um, I had this woman who contacted me, and she didn't tell me any information. Um, she just wanted to see if there was anyone on the other side that could be picked up. And I started picking up a man that she was married to that had died in a motorcycle accident. And she was like, I've got to tell you something really weird. And I said, what? And she's like, that is who I wanted to contact. And she's like, and you're going to think this is even weirder. I know for a fact my husband died there and didn't come back, but he is still alive. Um, And that's when I started talking about the walk-ins with her, and she was just blown away because that is what she had thought the whole time. Um, That has been my only experience with a walk-in, but it's definitely one that sticks out for me. Okay. I was just kind of curious if you ever ran into it or – how no, would you I, actually I ran into know? It once. It was pretty if, cool. Uh, say, for instance, you were talking to the individual who maybe had a walk-in. How would you know that person would be a walk-in? Um, just by talking to them and connecting to their energy. Um, that's all I okay. would really have to do. And also, just it's kind of just opening the door when you're doing a reading and getting that information without any details given and seeing what we okay. can pick up. All right. John, right, thanks, Carissa. Yeah, John, thank you for the question. Great question. Um, I do want to take the next couple of minutes before we have to go to break here and go back to TJ's question because it brings up another point. Um, I think we're all willing to admit there are a lot of charlatans in this particular line of work. Um, and, you know, they're not particularly scrupulous. So how, what, do you, what kind of advice do you give people to weed through those who actually have abilities and can help versus those who just prey on others. Exactly. Um, make sure you're doing your research on the people that you are hiring um, because there unfortunately is so many people out there that just want to make a quick dollar and don't care about you or don't care about delivering your messages um, or the messages that you need. Make sure you're researching. Make sure you're asking the hard questions. Make sure you're not telling them things, too. Don't fall for the cold readers, the ones that want to know the questions and try to trick you into answering them. Um, make sure you're staying aware and alert of it. Yeah, I mean, there, there are some techniques that are pretty obvious if you've been paying attention long enough. Um, you know, and like you said, it's leading questions and it's looking for, for if it's a face-to-face reading, you're looking for some type of facial response. 
uh, you know, just the movement of an eye uh, tells uh, uh, the right person that they've hit something. Um, and those tricks are used by a lot of people. And I respect TJ's approach to this. He didn't want to tell you that it was his mother that he had lost because he's looking for the person who's making the connection to be able to know that through the connection. I mean, that's what his yeah. his his quest is about. That's what I tell everyone that goes into a reading with me. Do not tell me anything about what you want to know. Just let me pick up what I pick up. Um, at the end of it, if you have questions, you can feel free to ask me, but let me do it and let me pick it up because I think it's important not to tell the person who you want to pick up. Our guest I think tonight, that everyone should go into that. Yeah. Our guest tonight, Carissa Hartley. Her website is Psychic Carissa Hartley with a K. Carissa's with a K. Hartley.com. And we are taking your phone calls at 844-687-7669. We're not doing readings, but we will answer questions. Carissa, um, you've obviously been doing this for a while. You've had a lot of consultations with a lot of people. You've made a lot of contact to the other side. Share with us a story that's particularly moving, some um, event or communication that you've had that uh, maybe changed somebody's life. I don't even know where to start. Okay. <laughs> Give me one second. I got to sure. rack my brain yeah. through. I have so I, many. <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. I probably <laughs> no, should have said. So I, many. I'm trying to find a good, like, really good one. Okay. I got one. Okay. Let's go. Um, let's hear it. I would have to say one of the most emotional ones that I've ever had um, is I have talked to three girls that have passed in a car accident um, in Kansas. Uh, they were actually killed when a deer actually entered their car and start thrashing around. Um, I have actually talked to all family members and friends, including one of the friends that was dropped off right before the accident happened. Um, and every time I talk to them, it is just emotional. Um, and it is, it's, it's very sad for me. They're very nice women, which I know sounds weird because they are deceased, but they are very sweet. They're very nice. Um, and it's sad because they were all mothers, young mothers that left their kids behind. Oh, that's um, very so sad. They really pull my heartstrings. I love those girls. <laughs> Have you ever um, communicated something to a living relative of somebody that's deceased? That's uh, you know, like uh, something like uh, you know, you need to check in the wall in the bedroom because I hid, <laughs> you know, the treasure there. Anything like that ever happened? Um, well, I have had uh, one instance where there was a woman that had contacted me for a reading. And again, I didn't ask her who she wanted to reach out to, um, but I started picking up a man that was murdered. Um, now, I also picked up that the cops had ruled it as a suicide. I told her that it was not a suicide, um, and he had actually screamed to me. This is one of the instances that I got screamed at. He had screamed to me um, the name of the woman that had murdered him, which turned out to be the name of his ex-wife. Really? Was that a case yeah. that had that uh, ended up being solved and based on that information? What was or was the wife or ex-wife already deceased? Um, unfortunately, it happened back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, so they went to the police, but there's not much they're going to do at that point. Um, but they, he had told me that she had killed him for the bar, and I, I told her that not knowing what it meant. But it turns out that they had owned a bar together that was pretty successful, um, and that she had divorced him and wasn't getting her part of the bar. Uh, so she had him killed. Wow. Um, and that's what the family had always thought. Yeah. Let's jump to our, let's jump to our listener line. Let's uh, go to David. David's in Indiana. Hi, David. Welcome to the program. Hi. Great to have you on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just had a question here. Uh, I had a, a really good friend of mine that, uh, 
commit suicide a few years back. And uh, not long after that, I had a dream about him. He came and uh, he apologized and said he didn't mean to hurt anybody and he was just suffering. And uh, I was just wondering if you thought that that would be him trying to communicate with me or if it was just, you well, know, I kind of shrugged it off thinking it was just like my subconscious. Well, I, like that's what for, I to hear. first of all, sorry for your loss. Um, you know, that is very tragic, obviously. Um, and I think... Uh, I think uh, I'll let Carissa answer, but I think that is one of the primary ways that we get communications from the other side. What do you think, Carissa? Yeah, it, it really is one of the primary re- ways that they reach out to us is through dreams. Um, and the fact that they said sorry, um, to me, that just shows, you know, that they have crossed on and that they are at peace, which is a really good thing. You know, I think I think there is a little bit of question there because I think that the skeptics would say, uh, David, that uh, you know, that's just your mind recon- uh, reconciling it within yourself. But I think there are enough people that uh, have a completely different perspective and a different experience with that to think that that is a very uh, deliberate and uh, uh, soothing uh, contact from the other side. Does that does that help you at all? Yeah, yeah, it really does. It really does. I, I really appreciate it. Good. Well, thank you for the phone call. That was an excellent point, and thank you for sharing that story with us. And again, sorry for your loss. Um, you're also, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about talking to the other side, um, but as a psychic, uh, that's a kind of a, a different um, discipline, if you will. As a psychic, do you have the ability to see the future at all or see individuals' futures? I do, um, but we all have free will, and free will um, can mess up things. I see the path that you're supposed to be on, and I can direct you towards that path, and I can direct you towards things that will happen if you follow it. Um now, I do also see health elements for people. Uh, so if someone has heart issues, I do see that. Um, for example, I had someone that had um, come to me and they had liver disease, and I kept telling them, no, you have to get a scan of your brain. There's something going on there that's causing the memory loss because their doctors were telling them that it's liver disease. Um, and I was like, no, there's something going on in there. You need to get that checked out. And she actually went and got an MRI, and there's brain lesions. So now she has MS. She got diagnosed with it. Oh, wow. Um, I had someone else that had heart issues. Um, I picked up heart issues, and I told them, you are very close to having a heart attack. Um, Not even a month later, they messaged me, and they were like, I went to the doctor, and you were 100% right about that. That must be a very, very difficult, but also um, helpful thing to see in someone. I mean, that's got to be a bit scary when you can see see something that's going to um, maybe even end somebody's life. Yeah, it's scary when I know the people, too, um, because it does happen for family and friends as well. As a medical medium, um, I'm not sure I completely understand what you mean by that. Explain that to us. Um, So pretty much, it's pretty much my way of kind of saying that I can feel how people have passed or I can feel... um, what's going on with a person internally living people. Um, I can kind of go into it and process it through my own body. If that makes more sense. Yeah, I guess, I guess it does. I'm not sure. I mean, is this helpful when somebody doesn't know the cause of death or is it, is it just a way that helps you connect to that person that's passed on? It's helpful for a person that doesn't know a cause of death. Um, It's also just a way for me to kind of connect to the other side and bridge to that, um, you know, I mean, there is a lot of people out there that their loved ones, you know, were 
said that they committed suicide. And like I said in that story, it necessarily wasn't suicide or there's loved ones that they want to know if their loved ones suffer. And with my abilities, I can tell them either yes or no, and I don't sugarcoat it for people. Um, there's other instances where they don't care about how a person died, and that's just fine. Um, we get other information, too. That's just how it kind of opens up for me first. We touched on it uh, a few seconds ago, but um, you said that when you look at somebody's future, obviously free will's involved. So what you're saying there is that you can tell somebody what the path looks like, but they have the ability to change that path based on that information. Exactly. So if there's a really bad occurrence happening um, and I'm given the opportunity to see it, I can direct them towards a healthier or better choice or decision. How long have you been reading tarot cards? Since I was 14. What's the difference between uh, uh, talking to somebody and giving them a, a reading using the cards versus just a regular psychic reading? Um, I like using the cards mostly because I have ADHD, so it helps me stay on focus <laughs> um, and topic. <laughs> if I didn't use them, I'd probably be all over the place and just talking to your guides. Um, now, there is people that prefer not to use the cards, and that's fine, too. I don't really use it as just the main focus. It just kind of helps me stay on topic and stay focused in the reading. Um, so, But it basically, does it basically draw on the same energies? Does the information that you're getting it come does. from the same place? It does. Um, you know, I don't really read tarot in the textbook definition of tarot, which I can read it, but I like to use my intuition and connecting to a person's guides when using the cards. Um, so I use it in the same aspect as a regular psychic, just, you know, giving you a reading would give it to you. I just use it as kind of a basic outline of the information that you need. Carissa, do you dream differently than other people because of these sensitivities? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily different, but I do have some weird dreams. Um, for example, there was a missing person um, that actually was near my house, and the day before they found the person's bones, I had a dream that bones were found, and I had found them walking my dog, and it turns out the bones were found when a person was walking their dog. Oh, wow. And that was in a, it came to you in a dream? Yes. Wow. So, and we'll also get, um, I will get spirit contact in my dreams a lot of the times. You know, my poor husband, <laughs> uh, he has to deal with sometimes smelling cologne or perfume when I'm sound asleep. Um, or seeing shadows kind of near my side of the bed. You, um, you've you mentioned your husband a couple of times. He's a paranormal investigator as well? Yes. he's um, Actually, he was lead investigator on the show Ghost of Shepherdstown, along with Nick Groff and Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's great. Um, as you've gone through your life with uh, these sensitivities, and you've wrestled with them, and, and for a while just tried to uh, keep quiet about them, have you felt like an outcast? Yeah, definitely. I still do, just because I am more prone to kind of being antisocial and living. Um, you know, I, I like what I do, and I like helping others, but I need time for me and to unwind. It kind of comes with the territory of doing what I do. And if you had to talk to somebody who is going through the early stages of their life with these sensitivities and feeling all those same things, the same, emo- same emotions, uh, same feeling of being an outcast, what would you advise them? Um, that you're not alone and just, you know, follow your gifts. Don't try to listen to society and what society wants you to be. You've got to follow your own path in life. 
You mentioned you're going to be at Gettysburg in June. Uh, what else do you have on your plate? Uh, you, I'm sure you're always up to something. Um, well, that's about it. I'm working on a book. Um, and other than that, just, you know, living a normal life while still being a stay-at-home um, psychic housewife. <laughs> oh, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because you do mention that on your website. You, you are now a, a psychic wife. <laughs> is, is that something that's unique or um, are you just saying you're, you're staying at home and you're a psychic? I didn't know. I wasn't sure if that was something specific. Yeah, well, um... You know, I was working a normal job even while still traveling the country on the off times that I was home. But um, thankfully, and I'm blessed for this, but my client list has grown to the point where I no longer can work a normal job. I do about five to ten readings a day. Oh, wow. Um, I am doing housework, and then I'm communicating with the dead, and then I'm cooking dinner. Jeez, <laughs> that are, is my life. <laughs> are those are those readings done through Skype, phone, or or some some other form? I do phone or Skype. It just depends on what a person's more comfortable with. I also do in-person readings every now and then for the people that do live close to me. Right. Um, once again, give your website and how people can get a hold of you if they want to have a consultation with you. Yeah, um, it's psychiccarissahartley.com. Um, and you can hit the contact me information on the website and just send me an email and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Carissa, thank you so much for being with us tonight. It was a fascinating conversation, and um, I appreciate you spending the time. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, it's Beyond Reality Radio. Again, our our guest tonight, Carissa Hartley. Check out her website, psychiccarissahartley.com. Carissa is spelled with a K. Uh, we have uh, a break here, and then I'll come back. I'll wrap things up. It's Beyond Reality Radio. Don't go away. Why sound like this? Hey, good looking. When you can sound like this. Hey, good looking. Crapco presents. It's the Crapco Cardboard Tube. It makes any voice sound like a professional voice. Kids, it's time to come in for dinner. The Crapco Cardboard Tube. The Crapco Cardboard Tube uses the latest in cardboard technology combined with science. Science. To change any normal speaking voice into one that commands attention. It's great for corporate board meetings. And our sales have been up for the whole last quarter. As a pet calling device. Here, Muffy Muffy. Difficult breakups. I've tried for months. I've cried for months. I just can't any longer. For that important political stump speech. I never had sex with that woman, Miss Lewinsky, or any woman. While handling kiln-fired ceramics. Kiln fire ceramics. And don't forget those intimate moments. Hey, baby, what do you think of my cardboard tube? <laughs> The Crapco Cardboard Tube. As an optional add-on, order the hands-free neck mounting device for that extra convenience. The Crapco Cardboard Tube. The Crapco Cardboard Tube is made of premium quality recycled used cardboard and has been rigorously tested in the lavatory. I mean laboratory. And this can all be yours at one low price of $29.99 or $49.99 with mounting device. The Crapco Cardboard Tube does not require batteries and may or may not have been recycled after being used to hold bathroom tissue. All right, well, that's going to do it for tonight. It's Beyond Reality Radio. Thank you very much to Carissa Hartley for being with us. Uh, we appreciate her time. It was a great conversation. As I said earlier, tomorrow night is a best-of program here on these stations that you're listening to the radio show on. And then uh, we'll be back with you live next week, of course. It's Beyond Reality Radio. I'm JV. Thanks for being here. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, 
contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.